passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's the rhyme or reason, if any, for a lot of the kind of trends that we see, specifically when I'm talking about the Bills schedule of like, okay, they play a game in September in Miami and they're going to go to New England sometime around Christmas. And then chances are Miami is going to be in Buffalo when it's <laughs> snowing. Are these things you guys kind of plan on? No. Honestly, most of that is is random. If, if it happens too many times in a row, I get the question. Um, but the truth is, if it happens that many times in a row, we should probably put our thumb on the scale and go the other way. Um, th- there's there's no rhyme or reason to that. We're certainly not looking to send you know certain teams to Miami in September, or we're certainly not looking to send Miami to uh, cold weather sites in December. That being said, you know everybody in Miami's division other than them as a cold weather site. So they got to go somewhere and play their road division games. I'm sure they'd love all three of them to be in September, um, but that's probably not likely either. Um, But certainly, you know, if we've sent Miami to Buffalo in week 16, four years in a row, the Dolphins will not be shy about reminding us of that. And they're probably right. (laughs) And I'm quite sure, Mike, you heard the response last year after the Bills played in like 100 degree heat in September in Miami last year at one o'clock. But you know, I mean, I don't, you can't control weather, obviously. I, I know I was there, and it was really hot, but I'm sure you've you've heard that as well percolate. So I don't know if you have to be mindful of that or you say, look, it's just unfortunately that's what happened. Yeah, look, again, I, I don't think bad luck moves around. I don't think it should land on the same team the same way year after year after year. So that's part of our calculus as we talk about some of this is gut and feel and some of it is math and science. Some of it is also just being human. And I think if the same bad, you know, break has happened to the same team over and over and over again, we should throw up a roadblock. We should have better guardrails to preclude something like that from happening over and over and over again. That being said, I'm, I'm certainly not the health and safety expert. I know our folks definitely were fully aware of the challenges playing in Miami in September. But, you know, the same way the Bills have a home field advantage in December when it gets cold, I, I assume Miami has a home field advantage when they get some of those teams down there in the heat. I don't think we want to be risky. I don't think we want to, you know, obviously have any health scares. But, uh, you know, Miami's got to kind of walk that same line. I'm sure their team and their coach loves to have, you know, cold weather teams in their building when it's warm. I'm sure their fans might say, hey, can we play this game at four o'clock or eight o'clock? It's too hot. 
you know, same thing in Tampa, same thing in Jacksonville. It's a fine line between, you know, the football side of the house and the, you know, customer service side of the house. Do teams have conversations with you? I know, I know you said there's a pretty open dialogue. Do teams like the bills have conversations of like, Hey, could we get some more games in the fall when the weather's nice, as opposed to three home games in December, because we don't know how those games are going to do. Are, are those dialogues, those conversations had? Yep. Yep. Uh, look, not shy about this. I mean, people know where to find me. I always happen to have this conversation. Howard Katz has been running this process for 15 years now. He is front and center and always available and talks to everyone that wants to talk to him, doesn't shy away from any of this. So, yes, those conversations can happen. But again, it's a it's a weird kind of line to walk if you're, you know, the COO and you're thinking about, you know, customer service and ticket sales and revenue then yeah, I'm sure you'd want all your games in September, but that probably means what for your last six on the road, <laughs> how are you going to explain that to the coach? Right. So, you know, the, the late season bills home games, again, I think was a bigger issue when we were four and 12 and six and 10, and we were worried about, you know, no shows now that we're competing for division titles and one seeds, yeah, fans show up and, and you know, nobody's more hardy than, you know, Bill's Mafia. So, you know, should we play, you know, three games in the last four weeks all at night, year after year after year? And probably not the right thing to do. But are we as reticent to schedule Bill's home games in December as maybe we were a few years back? Definitely not. It's, it's, it's again, it's the games that matter in December. It's the games that the fans want to watch on television we should be cognizant of the impact we're having on the season ticket members, but um, we're, we're far less concerned about it maybe than we used to be. All right. Two part stadium question. Number one, is there a big act uh, concert series, anything this year that's uh, kind of putting a thorn in you guys? I know that's happened. Ed Sheeran a couple ago, you had to kind of you know, work around his schedule. And I don't think there's any, I know there's no new stadiums to shine this year, but you know, I remember a couple of years ago, you had LA at Vegas, but then there was COVID that happened. So uh, how much does that factor in, you know, where you want to be certain stadiums maybe early on? Yeah. I mean, you, you hit it right. There's no, um, th there's no new stadiums coming online. Maybe there's some renovations in a few places, some new video boards and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, I, I don't think there's anything that you're going to see us really kind of pointing to and, and highlighting early in the season as, you know, the stadium is the draw. Right. Um, I, I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, the concerts are prevalent yet again. I mean, look, the truth is, you know, these buildings are used for, you know, football games 10 times a year. That leaves an awful lot of days of the year where they can and, and should be used for something else, especially those built with taxpayer dollars. And the concert business obviously disappeared for COVID and, and the year after. So everybody's kind of getting back on. Everybody's kind of trying to get um you know, back in the concert game, Taylor Swift is touring, Beyonce is touring, you know, these are big names and they need big stadiums. And we always try to, you know, work with our teams, work with uh, folks like Live Nation, work with the stadium operators. At the end of the day, we're still going to do what we think is right for the National Football League. And if, you know, Taylor has to reroute her tour, I'm sure we'll hear from a lot of 12 year old <laughs> girls, but we got to do what's right for the NFL. Um, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of concert tours. There's plenty of you know, other events that we're always trying to work around, you know, sometimes it's not even in our building. Sometimes it's across the street, whether it's the baseball stadium or right. the soccer stadium or the NASCAR race or, 
uh, a golf tournament or anything else going on. There's, you know, a lot of these buildings being used for college football games. And if you play a college game on Saturday, well, sure, the building's available for the NFL on Sunday. But what if you get some bad weather and the field gets chewed up and we should be wary about certain places that struggle with that and give them an opportunity to resod and put them on the road for a couple of weeks and Again, a lot of conversations with everybody trying to, you know, accommodate everybody's asks. It's impossible to please everyone. But um, the answer to your question is yes, the concert tours are, seem to be kicking into high gear again. I certainly hope I get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, with the evolution of the streaming services, with more social media becoming prevalent every single day, how has your job putting the schedule evolved over the years? Like, are there aspects to it that you have to consider now that you didn't have to consider in years past or is the process pretty similar to what it was five years ago 10 years ago yeah look the truth is the process isn't that different the number of mouths to feed is very different and the um call it the uh the the, the quality of the constituent the intelligence of the constituents like this little cottage industry here of dissecting the schedule and really trying to do the analytics about who got the best and who got the worst and why did the league do this you know i don't remember this 15 years ago and i was here and i was still doing it now the fact that you know we can sit here and talk about it for an hour and a half just shows how many more people care about it and that part's awesome but also all those people who care about it are probably going to unearth something in there that, you know, we're maybe not going to be that proud of. So the truth is it's, it, you know, as the constituents get smarter, as the number of mouths to feed gets more and more, um, you know, we're trying to slice this pie even more and more thinly and it's, it's getting harder. I mean, uh, the, the process, the job was never easy. Uh, it's certainly harder than it's ever been and probably not as hard as it's going to be. Um, the truth is when we talk about, you know, things like social media and the streaming services, I'll tell you that the social media piece, as I hinted at earlier, I, I think it's fantastic. I think the fact that we can get immediate feedback from our fans right. you know, instead of having to wait to do a focus group or an off season, you know, survey, like we get feedback in real time and they are not shy and they're the customer, right? And anybody will tell you the customer's always right. We want to hear from them and we try to hear from them however they want to communicate with us whether it's like we said buying a hat or a t-shirt or following somebody on instagram or showing up at a training camp event or placing a bet or coming to a game or traveling to london or whatever it is they, they tell us what's important to them we need to listen to them so the social media aspect of this while it isn't always friendly um i, I do think it's a good thing for the nfl and i do think it's good for us to listen to our fans how, how much has it been done so far how do you have Oh, uh, you already have like all the thousands and thousands of permutations spitting it out oh, of the yeah. computer. Oh yeah, every day, every day. I mean, literally, the the, the phone pings constantly. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Wow. Here's one. Here's one. We're just trying to, you know, find that magical, mythical, perfect one. And part of the conversation about what constitutes the magical, mythical, perfect one is, as you hinted at, Matt, some of the streaming services. We've got obviously the games on Amazon now. You know we'll we'll find them we're we're rabid we will find amazon prime we will find the games we might have to help our parents find them and that's a <laughs> challenge for us all um you know the kids might have to help us find them but once we find them and once everybody gets it and realizes it oh you know you got a smart tv and you just click this button instead of that one it's really just another channel on the television you know it's not this notion of oh i have to watch it on my phone or or maybe i should get out the ipad um i think last year proved that 
you know, Amazon is a perfectly suitable home for NFL games. And like we said, will be for the next 10 years. Uh, we've got games this year coming up on ESPN plus we've got a game on Peacock. I mean, look, the streaming services are probably here to stay. Anybody can, you know, guesstimate what the consolidation is going to be like and how many of these, you know, services are going to survive. But, you know, I know my kids never watch television to get them to sit in front of the television for three hours, non-starter. So if those guys are still going to be fans, we're going to have to fish where the fish are. And that means reaching them on their phones and reaching them on the streaming services. And, you know, it's good and bad. You can, you know, the minute the game is over, you can have a little five minute, you know, Twitter highlight package right here. And you know, everything you need to know, you know, your fantasy stats, you know, the score, you see the highlights, you know, the officiating controversies, you know, everything you need to know. We've made it real easy to follow the game without watching the game. And that, you know, good and bad so trying to really again as always find the balance thread the needle make sure that you're fishing where the fish are without kind of uh ignoring and leaving behind these you know legacy media companies that have been the lifeblood of the national football league and you know live sports on television still there's really nothing else that gets 25 30 million 100 million 200 million for the super bowl there's nothing that gets that many people together anymore other than sports on television. And I assume, you know, the CBS, Fox, NBCs of the world are going to continue to want to be in the NFL business, but we wouldn't be doing our jobs. It wouldn't, it would be irresponsible for us, you know, not to continue to figure out what Amazon looks like in the future, what a relationship with YouTube TV could be like now that they've got the Sunday ticket package. Those partners are obviously extremely important, you know, not just 10 years from now for the NFL, but today. All right. So what happens when the schedule is done? Who calls whom? Is it an email? Like, do you get it? Does Howard Katz get on the phone with Terry Pagula or Brandon Bean? Is there an email they get sent? How do the teams find out the schedule? Yeah, everybody, uh, it's up to them. Uh, we'll reach out. We'll let them know, you know, somewhere in middle of May, hey, everybody, you know, white smoke. We've got one that the commissioner has approved. Uh, and we're going to shoot to release it on, you know, day X, whatever it is, May 18th, whatever the date is. We're going to release it on this day and we're going to give it to you. Uh, a day or two before so that you guys can, you know, price your tickets, build your social media graphics, have your websites ready to go, do your interviews with your coaches, uh, start planning your hotels, uh, charter flights, whatever it is. Uh, So the clubs will get it uh, just a little bit ahead of time and it'll be up to them how they want to get it. Uh, We'll reach out to Mr. Pagula. We'll see. I I used to give it to Kim. It used to be one of my favorite calls of the year. I'm I'm hoping that obviously that she's doing good and and someday I can make that call again. Uh, But we'll reach out to Mr. P and we'll ask him if he wants it, if the GM wants it, if if somebody in football ops wants it, if Boyko wants it in the PR department. We'll make sure that the Bills get it ahead of time. you know, those days are always interesting. It's it's exciting. It's Christmas morning. You get to open your presents. It's also a kind of, you know, hold your breath and, and brace yourself. And hopefully if anybody's really disappointed, it's about something that we kind of knew and we were prepared for and we can explain it, rationalize it, justify it. Like you said, nobody gets everything, but, you know, you did get this and this and sorry, you got that as well. It just kind of came with the territory. Um, so we'll reach out to the teams. We'll let them know it's ready and uh, they'll tell us how they want to take it from us. Mike, you might have to give me a very diplomatic answer here, but the last question for me, because this is always a conversation that I have with my buddies. Do you have a favorite theme music for any of your partners? Like, do you enjoy the music for football <laughs> at any of your partners more wow. than another? Like, I'm, I'm can stand here and tell you, Monday Night Football is my favorite music, but I know not everybody feels that way. 
Do you have one that's like especially nostalgic or that you really like? You know, I'm a I'm an old school hip hop kind of '80s rap guy. I'm not sure anybody's gone that far down the road. I, I will tell you that I I found it really interesting when Fox started doing you know some fish and some dead and some stuff like that going in and out of break. Um, that was new, and I was surprised to see that many people kind of catching up to it and and being interested by it. Um, it's interesting that that's become a bit of a cottage industry now. Um, look, I, I, I love all, I love all 32 teams equally. I love all <laughs> of our partners equally. How about that? Good answer. Mike, you have been so gracious with your time once again this year. We really thank you. This has been so enlightening and it's awesome to talk with you. Glad to finally uh, see you virtually here as we do this. Look forward to doing it again. I hope we can. And maybe even sometime during the summer after the duel comes out, we can chat a little bit. Yeah, look, the truth is, this is always kind of fun and interesting to do in, you know, April and May and even in the immediate aftermath when the schedule comes out. Um, it's interesting then to kind of go back and if not replay this one, kind of go back and look at it and listen to it. Yep. And, you know, we could talk again in like November and we could say, hey, best laid plans, zoom right in the garbage. And holy cow, we didn't see that coming. Or isn't this incredible that this happened that nobody knew was even a thing? You, you know, you, you think about, you know, some of these brands that you think you can always count on, you know, you think about a team like San Francisco, you know, that's a good football team. And you know, that the guy that played quarterback for whatever, 10 weeks there and won them all was Mr. Irrelevant. Right. I mean, a guy that most of us hadn't heard of, and now he's got an off season surgery and is he going to be the day one starter? Is it going to be somebody else we haven't heard of? I mean, that's the beauty of this league. It's it's a hard part for the scheduling team to try to guess how any of this is going to go down six months from now. But that's the beauty of this league is there's always something compelling and it is a zero sum game. If somebody's down, then, you know, somebody else is up and yep. we can kind of focus on that. And uh, I've been doing this 28 years now. I, I hope they let me do it another 28. I'm grateful for the opportunity, humbled by everybody's interest and always happy to talk about it. You certainly know where to find me if you have ever question and um, always happy to do this. Thanks for the time. Well, Taco, Sal, thank you so much, Mike. This was a pleasure. Uh, wish your son happy birthday from yeah. Sal and Matt here in Buffalo. And yeah, we look forward to doing this again. But that, everybody, is Mike North, the NFL's VP of Broadcast Planning, joining us here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Make sure to like, subscribe, and thanks for listening and watching. We appreciate it. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus